Hey everybody. In this special Friday episode, I'm going to be reviewing our buy lows and sell highs from last week and providing you with some new players to target in your trades, okay? We are gonna have a super time. Let's get to biz. This is Apples and Genos. You are listening to Cream of the Crop. Everybody, thank you so much for joining me here on Cream of the Crop, a fantasy hockey podcast. I'm your host, Blake Creamer. Please follow me on Twitter slash X at Blake Creamer AG. Also, the Apples and Genos crew, we've got a Discord here. Link is in the description. Click on it and you can join us in there, having lots of good fantasy hockey discussions. Lots of intelligent people in there. And uh, also head on over to YouTube. Um, Apples and Genos has a YouTube as well. So if, if that uh, tickles your fancy, all right, uh, give us a subscribe, give us a like, give us all that uh, stuff over there on YouTube. Help us with the algorithm. This is a special Friday edition of Cream of the Crop. Apologies for missing um, the Wednesday there. I've been pretty sick all week, so definitely bear with me. Um, I'm going to try and get through this here. Uh, but yeah, we need our buy lows and sell highs, damn it. So uh, before we get into that, I just want to talk about, uh, really quickly about um, the format that I've got going on here. I'm going to be tweaking it a little bit moving forward. I'm going to be doing the Cream Exchange, which is our buy low, sell high show, every two weeks instead of weekly. So this is going to allow just more data on these players and yeah, just give me more to talk about, right? So we can truly see which way these guys are trending. So that said, I'm going to be adding a new segment every second week. And yeah, I'm just going to rotate um, through. I want to do a goalie episode, which I'm going to title Spicy Tendies. All right, Spicy Tendies. We're going to talk about goalies in that episode, um, you know, and I'll do that biweekly as well. Um, I'll also rotate in another must-add player episode, kind of like the one we did on Monday. And then some interviews as well with some fantasy beauties. So I just want to open it up a little bit. It gives me some more flexibility to bring some extra content to you folks. So keep an eye out for that. All right. Um, please reach out to me on Twitter uh, or the Discord if you have any specific questions. I'm always going to answer those. All right. Enough rambling. Let's get to biz. We got to go to the cream exchange. Join me, won't you? Thank you. All right. We got to look at our buy lows and sell highs. We got to start with our sell high reviews. So we'll look at the players we talked about there with Chris from Fantasy Puck. Uh, the first player to talk about is Ryan O'Reilly. All right. Since the last show there, he's got three points in four games. So one goal, two assists. And I mean, Ryan O'Reilly to me, he's still a sell high, right? And his value is probably at its peak. If you look at his his point pace, he's currently on a 77-point pace. That's nuts. And that would match uh, Ryan O'Reilly's career high that he got in his first year with the Blues. I'm not saying that Ryan O'Reilly can't do that again, but the big difference between those two seasons is that he was generating way more offense, way more shots, way more chances, especially at 5-on-5. Five five. So his shooting percentage, too, was, was reasonable that year at 12%. This year, he's running hot, all right? He's redlining, uh, his shooting percentage is 22.2%. He's generating less 
shots and chances, and he's converting more, right? Red flag. Tell me if you've heard this before. This is what I'm saying every time we talk about these players. So to me, that is going to regress downwards, right? He's not that player anymore. Still, 14 points in 15 games is great for Ryan O'Reilly and somewhat unexpected. So, I mean, he's he's not the type of player where you can just do a one-for-one one and pick up a, a more elite player. Like, I think you're going to have to package Ryan O'Reilly with another player for maybe someone who's underachieving. But, you know, whatever. As we always say about uh, sell highs, um, you don't have to get off this player, right? This is a guy that's first line, first power play. He's getting great deployment, and he's he's converting. So just enjoy the production if you can't get off him. But I don't think his value is going to be as high as it is right now moving forward in the season. Okay. So there's my two cents on Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, and again, I, I should say when I talk about these sell highs and buy lows, I'm always talking about season-long value. I said that when um, uh, I was doing the must-roster players as well. I'm looking at season-long value. I'm not talking about, you know, pick them up for next week, that kind of thing, right? I'm, I'm strictly talking about for the season where these players should be valued. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about Mason McTavish. That was the next one up. And since that last show, he's got three points in five games. So one goal, two assists, right? So he's he's coming down a little bit. Um, but McTavish has actually been really good. Like, really dang good, all right? His numbers under the hood are pretty darn promising. So um, if you look at his shots on goal per 60, he's 31st in the last five games in the entire league, 31st. He's 21st overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and he's third overall in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. Mason McTavish, yeah. Um, And he's actually um, not really converting very well. Like, he's only shooting 5.6% in the last five games. So, you know, there's some really nice signs under the hood here with Mason McTavish. I think, yeah, like I said, he's not converting as much as he probably should, but he's still a sell high to me. Um, my only real issue with this player is is the team environment there in Anaheim. Yeah, they've obviously been playing well. Um, they're getting the results, right? But if you dig a little deeper into Anaheim's metrics, they're fifth lowest in the league in scoring chances four per 60, fifth worst in Corsi four per 60, so they're not putting pucks at the net, and they're seventh worst in scoring chances against per 60, so they're giving up a lot of chances, right? And that's concerning to say the least, right? Um, I don't expect them to be able to keep this up long-term, Anaheim I'm talking about, and as much as I like McTavish and other duck players, what is a duck? Um, This is uncharted waters here, and it could be, I don't know, that new coach shine, right? Greg Cronin's got him kind of humming, playing much better than they played last year, but I just feel like it's not going to last. McTavish is a young player, obviously, and I'm not saying that he can't be this player moving forward, but if I had to wager on it, I would think that a regression is coming. Another thing about McTavish, his ice time isn't really blowing the doors down. Um, he's he's averaging 17 minutes, 32 seconds. He's top power play, so that's excellent. But currently, Anaheim's power play is not, you know, <laughs> they're not elite by any means. They are converting at the 19th best percentage so far in the league. Interesting to me that McTavish is 82% owned on Yahoo. That's that's surprising, right? Especially when, you know, the, all these guys I was talking about, like Nichuskin, he's 50% owned or whatever it was last week, like, McTavish, 82. Nichuskin, 52. What, what? No, that's that's backwards. So, I mean, this guy has some value, right? People want McTavish on their roster. They want to get a piece of the Ducks, right? Um, because they're they're kind of a, a hot item in the league right now. See if you can flip McTavish for, for an underperforming player or same as Ryan O'Reilly, package him up with somebody else, right? 
But anyways, he does look good, and I'm, I'm a fan of the player. So I'm very happy holding Mason McTavish. And I think, he, you know, he's got, he's got some left in the tank here, but I just don't trust Anaheim. Let's move on. We got to talk about Brock Besser. Uh, I love talking about Brock Besser. I mean, what the hell is this man doing? S- since the last show, six points in five games. That's three goals, three assists. He's still a sell high to me. This cannot continue. It Can it? For God's sake. You know, <clears throat> Besser has a ton of value right now because he's a staple on the Canucks top power play unit, which is flying, right? They're incendiary. They're second in the league in conversion rate. And so the thing with Besser, I don't think the regression is going to be huge with him. Um, he's he's kind of proven that he's much more confident this year. He's he's He looks good out there. I don't think his production is going to fall off a cliff by any means. But the crazy efficiency with his goal scoring will not continue. It can't, right? He's going to hit a slump soon and come back down to earth. Right now he's shooting over 27% and only Big Koozie does that, all right? Not Besser. So 27% on the season and 21% at five on five, which is ludicrous. Meanwhile, he's shooting a career low, 6.01 shots on goal per 60 at five on five. All right. So he's shooting less, converting more, you know, like I said, heard this before. Yeah. Something's got to give with Besser. Canucks are super hot right now, even though they lost last night to the lowly flames. Shout out to Johnny Huberdo who got a goal and assist. Wow. What's the occasion, my man? Um, to me, Besser is a great trade chip, and you could do possibly a one-for-one one with maybe a top player who's underperforming. Like, see what's out there, right? If you can't get it done, no worries. I, I think Besser's outlook the rest of the season, he's going to smash the projection that I had for him. I had him for 30 and 30. I think like 60, 60 or 65 points. He, he might get into 70, 75 points. Maybe 80. Oh, God, that would be amazing if Besser could hit 80. But, I mean, that would be, that's ceiling Besser, right? And we can't rely on that. But obviously, the, the Canucks are playing pretty well. I love Besser, though. He's uh, going to continue at a, to produce at a reasonable rate, but the goal scoring will not happen, right? He's, he's on a 63-goal pace right now. I'm sorry, my man. Besser is not going to get 60 points. So book that. But um, yeah, see what you can do with Besser. He's got a lot of value right now. Let's move on to Sean Monahan. was the last uh, sell-high review here. And since the last show, he's got three assists in six games. So, yeah, he's fallen off a little bit. The sell-high window's probably shut with Monaghan. Um, it was a long shot anyway, right? Like, with these sell-highs and buy-lows, I'm basically just trying to bring to your attention players that might have more value than they should, right? Or have less value than they should. So that, that was the case with Sean Monaghan. Just wanted to bring up, like, yeah, this guy's... He's scoring more. He's producing more than, than is probably realistic, right? So... Um, I, I've been impressed with what he's been able to do this season, though. He seems to be fully recovered from, I think it was uh, groin surgery or groin injury. Um, it's just nice to see him succeeding with the young team here in Montreal. He's got a good role there. He's a second-line center, still on the top power play. So points are going to come, but I only see Monaghan Monaham, uh, as a streamer this, at this point. So, you know, treat it accordingly. Uh, I think you could probably drop him if need be. Like, he's, he's not a must-hold or anything like that, but... Um, in a deeper league, if you had him, maybe there's some value there. You can flip him, but I don't know. I don't think he's a sell high anymore. All right, let's move on to the buy low review. Talk about some of these beauties. Uh, first one, we got to talk about Jason Robertson. Since the last show, uh, four games, J-Rob's been able to uh, rack up five points, so three goals, two assists. So that has been nice to see, obviously, for, for Robertson owners. But I still think we expect more after what he was able to do last season. Shots on goal per 60, individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. 
they're currently the worst numbers of of his you know young career. Not to mention that his luck metrics, IPP, and shooting percentage, they're in the toilet. All right. Um, Things have perked up a little bit in the last five games. If we look at Jason Robertson here, he's got six points in the last five. 35th overall in shots and goal per 60 at all strengths. 29th overall in individual course for per 60. And then 103rd in individual scoring chances for per 60. So that's decent. That's not the, Those aren't the numbers that we were expecting really from J-Rob. Um, as he was, you know, he was kind of in the upper echelon of the league last year in those metrics. So... It hasn't really happened that way for him so far. I think the top line in Dallas has been pretty quiet. I mean, you look at Hintz, Pavelski as well. Like, they're just not cooking the way they did, right? And a lot of that is to do with what's going on in the power play. I still think there's an opportunity to buy low on Robertson. Um, but to me, it's closing quickly, right? You know, he's got some some points here. He's starting to rack those up. But like I said, Dallas's top line, not been firing on all cylinders. Um, they're going to wake up soon, though. And I think you want to be there when they do, right? The power play has just been mid, right, compared to what this unit was able to do last season. They, uh, they're they 17th overall in conversion rate right now. But for reference, last season they finished with the fifth best power play in the league. So, you know, maybe they don't reach those heights again this season, but it's going to be better than 17th. It's probably somewhere in the middle. I think they do have a top 10 power play, and, and it should kind of get back to that point. So, yeah, see what you can do with J-Rob there. I mean, I think the owners are probably a little bit frustrated at this point, right? Because he's not on a 100-point pace like like we thought he might be, right? Anywho, let's move on. The next one we want to talk about from the same team, Dallas Stars, Miro, the hero, Heiskanen. This fresh, delicious, tasty, meaty, turkey-filled, cold-cut combo. All right, he has four assists in the last four games since we last talked about him. And, you know, even though I've got Miro on this buy low list, he feels more like a buy low than he actually is, if that makes sense. Um, He's currently on a 60-point pace, which I think at the end of the season, if you had Miro Heiskin and you drafted him and he got 60 points, you'd probably be happy with that, right? You'd be stoked, right? The problem is that Heiskin created a lot of expectations with his big performance last season, um, you know, 73 points or whatever it was. And, and now people are just chasing that performance, right? They're expecting that from him and there's some frustration, right? To be honest, I have no worries about this player at all. His underlying metrics are solid and eerily similar to last season. But let's take a look at what, you know, what he's been able to do. So in the last five games, Miro at all strengths, six assists, just over 25 minutes on ice, which is amazing. And then if you look at these metrics, uh, out of all the defensemen in the league, he's fifth overall in shots on goal per 60, eighth overall in individual Corsi four per 60, and 25th overall in individual scoring chances for per 60. Then if you look at his team numbers, his on ice numbers, he's fourth in Corsi four per 60 and fifth in scoring chances four per 60. So that's that's great. That's That's what we're looking for, right? Shots on goal, chance generation, IPP, they're all in line with last season. It's just his shooting percentage is low on the season, and I would expect that that's going to bump up a little bit. Um, On-ice numbers are actually a touch better than last season at 5-on-5, so to me, it's just just bad luck so far that he hasn't converted more. But, I mean, he's on a 60-point pace. It's not going to take much for him to get back to that 70-point pace, like maybe a couple big games and we're back in business, right? And I think once that power play starts converting... At the level that we're sort of used to it, I think all all your worries are going to be you know taken care of, right? To me, kick tires on Miro in your leagues because I think sixty points is probably his floor, right? And that's that's excellent, right? His role is ironclad. He's a horse 
This guy could be like a Norris Trophy finalist this season. I love the player, and I'm not concerned at all. So, yeah, there might be a little bit of a buy low there with, with Heiske, but I don't know. See what you can do. All right, we talked about Matt Kachuk as well. That was the next player on the list. And I just don't think uh, a buy low is available anymore with this player. He's got seven points in five games, one goal, six assists. You know, the, the goals, it's a little bit concerning that he hasn't been able to put any pucks in the net. He's only got three goals in 16 games, but 17 points to go in those 16 games. So that's nice. He's shooting at 4.3%. It's, you know, there may be, I mean, maybe there's a buy low in terms of his goal scoring. That's for sure. Like this guy got 40 last year. He's sitting at three right now in 16 games. That's just not what we expected. But his shots, he's shooting more than he did last season, which is amazing because he shot at 4.1 shots per game. This season, he's shooting at 4.3 shots per game. So he's just not hes just not putting the puck in the net, right? But everything else is is very much the same. Um, you know, he's, he's going to get going. So I'm not too concerned about Matthew Kachuk. And I don't think you can really get him for a buy low because he is producing points there. So that's probably off the table. The other buy low, which maybe still is a buy low, is Connor McDavid. What? Yeah, I don't know. I've seen him being traded in leagues here recently, and that is just crazy to me. I don't think there's ever a situation where I'm getting off Connor McDavid. I mean, yeah, Edmonton has been stinky, but they've recently changed their coach now. You know, so I think they're going to get that placebo effect at the very least when you get a new coach in. They've, they've won some games here. Um, he's got three points in his last two games. It, it's going to be blast off time once McDavid gets going here. And I think we all understand that that's going to happen. But it's been a rough season for McDavid. He's not shooting as much. He's obviously not converting as much. So there, there might be might be a chance for a buy low here. But you're probably still going to have to give up the farm because everybody knows what this player is capable of. But I don't know. See what you can do. But there you go. Those are our buy low and sell high reviews. Now I want to get into the new breed, the, another four buy lows and another four sell highs. We'll start with the sell highs. All right. The first player I want to talk about as a, a sell high is Braden Shen from the St. Louis Blues. In the last five games, Braden Shen is, I was actually surprised by this, nine points. Dear God, five goals and four assists. And uh, he actually only has 10 points on the season in 14 games. So, yeah, this is a player that's that's definitely hot right now. St. Louis appears to have turned a corner offensively in the last few games. Except for last night's game where they got trucked by the the that beast of a team, the San Jose Sharks. Shen is definitely a useful, albeit boring, fantasy option, right? Um, he's put up reasonable numbers almost every season. And I, I think he deserves to be rostered. I think he's just over 50% there on Yahoo, but... What he's been able to do as of late is not something we should expect. Um, if you remember, like, yeah, he has nine points in his last five games, but he only had one point in the nine games previous to that, right? So, and four of those 10 points came in one game against the Avs where, where he had a hat trick. So, you know, it's typical sell high stuff. Um, in the last five games, he's shooting a gaudy 37.7%. That's going to go down, right? Everything's redlining. A lot of fantasy managers, they only look at the box scores and who's performing currently, right? And if you're if you're doing that, this guy's a lot going for him right now. He's he's on the top power play, um, if that means anything in St. Louis, but he's just a guy who's who's going right now, and he could be used as a trade sweetener to me to land a bigger fish. 
Personally, Shen doesn't move the needle for me uh, as he's, he's not a volume shooter and he relies on efficiency to get it done, right? And these guys are the perfect players for sell highs. I honestly, I, I don't have a lot of players like this on my team. I, t I, I don't draft them, right? I take my chances with a player who shoots a ton and drives offense a lot more, um, you know, rather than, than draft a player like Shen. To me, he's like a waiver pickup, but I mean, he should be on a roster, right, with what he's able to do. It's just, for me, it always feels good to get off of a player like this. He he could very well get 60 points this season, but chances are it'll probably be closer to 50. Um, you know, he does bang if you need that. So keep that in mind if, if you're in a bangers-cats league. Um, this guy's a beefer, but, you know, his, his value is really high right now. And, yeah, literally nine points in five games. That has value, right? So you might be able to do something with Braden Shen. I don't think we're going to be talking about him next week, uh, you know, in the same vein. I think this is going to fall off pretty hard here. All right, next player I want to talk about. Was that Duchesne again? Oh, it was Duchesne. Matt Duchesne. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look at what Matt Duchesne has been able to do in the last few games. Buddy, he's been popping the hell off. Yeah. Um, Last four games for Matt Duchesne, eight points, including four goals, four assists, just under 17 minutes average time on ice. And honestly, in the last five games, the metrics look pretty darn good as well. Shots and goal per 60s, uh, he's 56th in the league. Individual Corsi for 51st. Uh, individual scoring chances for he's 42nd. That's excellent. And then when you look at his on-ice numbers, that's where it gets pretty ridiculous as well um, because his line's been going pretty good. Uh, his Corsi 4 per 60 is 21st overall in the league and then scoring chances 4 per 65th. Matt Duchesne. It was Duchesne. We found out. Uh, you know, we don't have to ask anymore. But yeah, t <laughs> this to me, it's... If you're a Duchesne owner, you're loving life, right? I mean, this guy's, he's incendiary. I'm going to say it again. It's a good word. I just, I was reading a thesaurus before the episode here. So yeah, I'm trying to expand my vocabulary. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, yeah, Duchesne is skating with uh, Tyler Sagan and Mason Marchman. And their line's been, they've been steering the ship. Honestly, while well, the uh, top line guys are figuring it out, they've come to a slow start here. So the issue here with Duchesne is that he's doing a lot of this at even strength on the back of some pretty huge numbers, right? His metrics. So shots and goal per 60 at five on five, 9.42. That's great. He's approaching that 10.0 threshold we like to see here at Apples and Genos. Um, but that's not the norm for him. Like if you look at the past few seasons of Matt Duchesne uh, at five on five, 6.18, 7.58 and 7.4 in the last three seasons prior to this one, right? So that's a big jump in his shots and goal per 60. The last time he shot over nine um, was in 2013 with the Avs. So just keep that in mind, right? He's doing something he hasn't done in a long time. He's an older player now, but he has carved out a nice role for himself here. Uh, but at the end of the day, to me, he's still a second liner with power play two and under 17 minutes average time on ice. That's just not something I'm interested in long term. He's, he's on a heater. There's no question, but that's going to slow down. If, if Duchesne somehow found his way onto the top unit, uh, the power play there, or he got some reps with the top line, I'd be more interested. But as it stands, I think he's a sell high, right? He's not a guy I'm, I'm going to want to keep on my roster. His luck metrics, IPP and shooting percentage are high. He's got eight points in his last four games. Now is the perfect time to get the hell out of the Duchesne business. All right, and we can stop talking about this, man. But, it, you know, it's it's he's been a boon for the Stars. Um, definitely doing some good work for, for them and... And a good player in real life, not my favorite fantasy player, but 
you know, right now he's cooking. So he's got some value. See what you can do. Okay, the next player I want to talk about from the Winnipeg Jets, Mom Spaghetti, Cole Perfetti. Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> it's been a nice little run for this man. Um, you know, he's got a seven-game point streak with nine points. Pretty darn nice, all right? It, like, and, and, you know, he clearly has offensive acumen. Like, he's, he's a fun player to watch, and he looks like he's going to be a very good player for the Jets. That said... In the last five games, his shooting percentage, 33%. That's not sustainable. His on-ice shooting percentage at all strengths in the last five games, 25.6%. That's not sustainable. His IPP at five-on-five is 90%. That means he's in on 90% of the goals scored when he's on the ice. That will regress, all right? These, These are not sustainable. So you noticing a pattern here? Yeah, this is a young player, and his season is going to have ups and downs. His ice time is not where I'd like to see it either. Uh, like where I where I would feel comfortable rostering this guy long term. He's he's uh, 13 minutes 56 seconds average time on ice. So it's 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 a great player. He he's I think he's going to be really good for this team. But to me, still streamer level. Um, but he has value currently, right? Like he's on a crazy point streak. Um, he's playing on the second line with Nikolaj. Ehlers and Vlad Nemestikov. Nemesis at Somebody correct me. Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Hey, Joey Jojo! Vladislav Nemestikov. There, um, that's that's my best effort there. Um, They've been productive, but head coach Scott O'Neill has shown that he's going to ride the top players until the wheels fall off with crazy deployment for guys like Shifley, Kyle Connor. So... There's also the return of uh, Gabriel Velarde at some point, um, you know, who's who still is not practicing. So we got a little bit of time here. But when he's healthy, he was getting the deployment over Cole Perfetti. So as usual, you don't have to get off of this player, but his value is currently about as high as it might get this season. So, yeah, see what you can do again. This might be kind of a package deal. You package up Cole Perfetti with another player and you pick up uh, an even better player, a more consistent player. All right. And then lastly, we got to talk about the sell high of all sell highs, the Sex Panther, Sam Reinhart. It's called Sex Panther. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm first off, I'm not going to be talking any yang on this man. Sammy, Sammy Reinhart. Uh, the guy has literally been winning me matchups this season. I have him almost everywhere, and I feel like I got him at amazing value this season. I was picking him up, you know, after 100 in some leagues, right? So this could be the best pick on almost every team that I made. That said, damn, what is Sammy doing? What did he eat? What is he taking and can I have some? Yeah, let's take a look at what Sammy's done this season, all right? Um, 13 points in his last six games. He's tied for second in league scoring with 24 points in 16 games. Uh, Just like we predicted, right, everybody? Yeah, maybe, all right. Um... (laughs) There's a couple things that have happened for Reinhardt. Uh, really exciting things, actually. He's shooting more, and he's converting more. Simple as that. So, obviously, you know, in these sell highs, we're talking about players that shoot less and convert more. Sammy is shooting more and converting more. So, you can see why the, the, the output is going up there. It's as simple as that. The guy's upped his shots on goal per game from 2.8 last season to 3.2 this season. That's excellent. He's also been chugging minutes. Uh, just under 21 minutes average time on ice. Everything's been coming up aces for for Reinhardt so far, and it's been amazing and definitely unexpected. But 
He's currently on a 123-point pace. So I think you know what I'm going to say, right? If you think Reinhardt is going to pop for 123 points this year, you know, congratulations to you, all right? You're a very optimistic person. He's not this player, all right? I think that we can make an argument that he's, he's found a role on this team and he's being prioritized on a great offensive team. So we can, we can expect more than what we've seen previously, but I, I don't expect 100 points, though. Um, that said, I'm not sure that this regresses that hard, kind of like a Brock Besser situation. Um, maybe 90 points is in reach. Oh, man, that would be incredible. That seems crazy to say right now about Reinhardt, but look at what he's been able to do in a pretty reasonable sample size. Um, this all said, I think if you wanted to flip Reinhardt, you could actually get a first or second rounder who might be underperforming. Um, and I'll talk about some of those players in our in our buy lows, but you know, think about a guy like J-Rob, right? Or what about Kaprasov, who I actually will talk a little bit about later? Could could someone would someone do that? Would you trade Sam Reinhardt for J-Rob or Kaprasov? I you know. I think you'd have to think about it at this point. Like it would feel so strange to me to trade this man while he's popping off like this. But if you could pick up one of those guys, I, I think that I think you do it right. That's that's the idea with these sell highs, right? Like, do we think that Sam Reinhart can keep this up all season? Can we improve our team in the long run? Right. You got to ask yourselves these questions as fantasy managers, right? This all said too, the return for Reinhart would have to be juicy. Because otherwise, I'm completely happy to hold on to him and just enjoy the production, right? He's, he's playing great with Alexander Barkov. He's got top uh, power play there in Florida. And, you know, Montour and Ekblad are coming back. So I think that's only going to help Reinhardt as well in his production. This is an interesting one. I think this could go either way. And like Sam Reinhardt's, you know, does he continue this pace? Like how much does he regress? But I'm leaning towards the sell high with him. Bless you, Sammy. Thank you for your service. You know, uh, th- this has been a great player so far. Um, see what you can do. You've, you've got, th- this is this is ceiling Reinhardt. So we have to recognize that. Okay, now I'm going to get into our buy lows. I got four beauties here for you. First off, I do want to talk about the aforementioned Kirill Kaprasov and Matt Boldy. I'll talk about them together. Let's look at what they've been able to do in the last five games and on the season. All right. We'll start with Matt Boldy. So in the last five games, he's got four assists. He's averaging just over 18 minutes time on ice. That's okay. Uh, Shots on goal per 60 at all strengths, 42nd in the league. But check this out. Individual Corsi, four per 60, fifth overall in the entire league, ninth overall in individual scoring chances, four per 60. And then you go into his uh, on-ice numbers. Corsi, four per 60, he's sixth overall in the league and third overall in scoring chances, four per 60 when he's on the ice. That is excellent, right? That means there's a lot of chances, um, a lot of pucks being thrown at the net when Boldy is on the ice. And it doesn't look like they're being converted, right? Uh, especially not by Boldy, right? He's got zero goals in uh, five games. He's only got one goal in eight games on the season. So um, now let's take a look at Cap as well real quick here. So in the last five games, Kirill Kaprasov, two goals, three assists. He's averaging just under 20 minutes average time on ice. That's nice. Uh, shots of goal per 60 for him, 50th overall in the league, 13th overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 29th overall in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. So those are all reasonable numbers. But then when you go over to the on-ice numbers for Kirill, the thrill Kaprasov, he's first overall in the entire league in Corsi 4 per 60, and he's first overall in scoring chances 4 per 60 when he's on the ice. So this line is generating a ton. I mean, he did play with Boldy for a little bit. I think right now it's back to 
Uh, Rossi is centering Kaprasov and the Zucchini man, uh, Matt Zuccarello. And then Boldy is with uh, Joel Erickson Eck and Marcus Johansson. So um, those are those lines work. No problem there with Minnesota. Um, but yeah, they are both generating a ton. But what the heck's happening here? We got to dig into this. So, um, you know, these players are both actually... Like if we look at their total, their point totals for the season. Sorry, I wanted to mention that too. Boldy has eight points in eight games, and Cap has fifteen points in fifteen games. So, I consider these two players by lows simply because they are capable of so much more. Right? They're they're both at a point per game pace, so that's nice. But I projected a big leap for Boldy this season, um, as did Nate, and I projected a hundred and four point season for Big Cap. So things haven't exactly gone to plan there. And if you look at the Wild as a team, they're losers of three straight. Um, their goaltending has been uh, heinous, horrendous. Oh my God, uh, Gus! What 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 the hell happened to Gustafson? I was really high on that the goalie this season, and he's been stinky so far. Um, still some time left, but yeah, th- that's showing no good. Um, then the Wilds' power play hasn't been as lethal as last season either. They're twenty um, second in the league in conversion there. Now for the good news. The good news is with these players, everything under the hood is tip top, as we said. So. Talking about Boldy first, I mean, one goal in his first eight games. Fantasy managers are probably a little concerned with that, right? First off, Boldy is shooting a piddly 4.2% on the season so far. Do do you think Boldy's going to maintain that, a 4.2% for the season? No. All right, we don't. At 5-on-5, all his numbers are right in line with what they were last year, and he's... His power play numbers, uh, shots and goal per 60, individual courts before, all that stuff, they're even better. He's, he's getting more shots, more chances. He's putting more pucks on the net. He's just snake bit, right? Um, but he's doing everything right. Those goals and points are going to come, uh, obviously, as we've shown you with, the, with these metrics here. Like, they're generating a ton. So, like, in the last five games, some of the best in the league, right? They're just not converting. So I'm fairly certain the output will increase, and probably soon, sooner rather than later. Um, this is definitely a player I'm interested in and I would target in trades, you know, see what you can do. Now let's look at cap. I mean, it's pretty much the same story as Boldy, right? Um, Kaprasov's shots are down at even strength a little bit, but on the power play, he's going off as well. Just like Boldy was, there's been a lot of line juggling in Minnesota as well. So maybe that accounts for a little bit of this, like, you know, cap has played with Hartman as his center, Rossi as his center. Um, they've, you know, had Boldy up there on the wing. They've had Zuc, uh, Zuccarello on there. So, you know, it, it's been a little bit in flux there and he's just not converting, right? The wild as a team haven't been converting for whatever reason. And if you look at Kaprasov's shooting percentage, it's basically half of what it was last season. But, um, you know, he's shooting at 8.8% on the season. Last season, he shot at 15.3%. Um, And the season before, it was 16.3%. So he's definitely underachieving there. But the shots are there, right? The chances are there. And the deployment is there. Everything else is going to come. But this is a chance to pick up one of these studs. Um, Getting Cap or Boldy at this point, to me, is a huge dub. This is a great... These are great buy-low targets. This performance won't continue at even strength with Cap or Boldy. And the Wild's power play is going to get going. So see if you can get a piece of the Wild. Cool. Let's move on. Uh, I want to talk about Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens. This isn't a huge buy low by any means, but managers who drafted Cole Caulfield, um, they were probably expecting him to score a little bit more. Eh, maybe. Right? As it stands, Cole Caulfield has five goals in 17 games. That's a 24-goal pace on the year. Not to mention, he only has one of those goals in the last 10 games. That's, that's, that's disappointing, right? That's shocking. 
The points have been there though, right? With with Caulfield, so he hasn't hurt you too much if you if you do own him. But this guy is capable of a 40 goal season at minimum, in my opinion. And the numbers tell that story. Like let's look in a let's look in a Caulfield here. So last five games, he's got three points, one goal, two assists. He's getting great deployment, just over 18 minutes, average time on ice. And then 46 overall and shots on goal per 60, 25th overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 64th in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. So um, he's doing all the right things. But if you look at his season numbers, bang, this is this is kind of closer. Like he's been a little bit cold as of late, but on the season, Boldy is 16th overall in shots on goal per 60, 8th overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 43rd overall in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. So, yeah, he's been on a little bit of a cold streak here in the last five games, and obviously with his goal scoring, 1 in 10, that's showing no good. But Montreal has outperformed what a lot of people thought they might do this season, and Caulfield's looked good out there. He's shooting a career-high 3.9 shots per game, and he's averaging a career-high 19.03. Uh, average time on ice so those are great signs he's the primary offensive driver for this team there's there's no question there and I think he's he's he can be got with some reasonable trade requests now think of all the sell highs we've talked about so far like would someone trade Caulfield straight up for a player like Shen I mean Braden Shen that sounds that sounds a little weird you know maybe not Shen or Duchesne but what about both of them together would someone take Shen and Duchesne for Caulfield I, I don't know, maybe. You'd have to think about it at least. That's the idea when you're when you're putting these trades out there. Make them think about it, right? You're, we're not trying to fleece anybody, right? We're just trying to pick up players that might have more value in the tank, right? So you always got to give up something to get something. So when I do trades, I always, I want to make them think about it, right? Not just an automatic like, no, hell no, right? You don't want to be putting up trades like that. Don't be that person, all right? But yeah, um, could you throw in Shen and like a draft pick? Like if you're in a keeper league for Caulfield, I, I don't know. Or you sweeten with a decent waiver ad. Either way, Caulfield is a player I want on my team when he starts converting. Like this guy's a pure sniper and that's yet to be untapped this season. So I still think he can, he can pop for 40 goals. I love his role there on the team and I love what I'm seeing under the hood with Cole Caulfield. So get him on your team. All right. Let's move on. We got two more. Let's talk about Rasmus Dahlin of the Buffalo Sabres. This has not been a good go so far with Rasmus Dahlin. He's without a point in his last three games, and he's on a 56-point pace this season after exploding for 73 last season. And there's not really any sugarcoating it either. Dahlin's numbers um, so far, they're not good, right? They stink. Um, So uh, all the defensemen in the league... In the last five games, Darlene has two points, a goal and assist. His deployment's good, averaging over 24 minutes time on ice. But, you know, of all the defensemen in the league, 75th overall on shots and goal per 60. That's putrid. 110th individual Corsi 4 per 60. God. And 63rd overall on individual scoring chances 4 per 60. So just not at all what we were expecting from this player. I mean, his season-long numbers are a little bit better, right? 45th overall in shots and goal per 60 on the season, 65th in individual Corsi 4, and 84th in individual scoring chances 4. That's okay, but that's not what we come to expect from this player. You know, he's got 11 points in 16 games on the season. Yeah, it's he's underachieved. There's no question there. Um, his numbers on the power play are, are better, um, and he's driving a lot of offense there, but he's, again, just like the rest of these by lows, he's not converting. Buffalo as a team, fourth worst power play and conversion rate. That is crazy. That is unexpected, right? This is a unit that was ninth best last season. And now Tage is out, right? Tage is out for a few weeks. So 
They're going to need Darlene to step up among others. I think with Tage out, it might benefit Darlene a little bit. Just more usage for him, more um, offense driven through him, right? Uh, but something that made Darlene a prime draft target for me uh, is a shot generation from the back end. You've heard me talk about that many times about defensemen and shot generation. And those are the guys I'm interested in. And Darlene just hasn't been doing that this season. So I don't think that's going to continue. I don't think he's the type of player to just shoot the way he's shooting right now. I think that's going to bump up. I think, like I said, more offense is going to be driven through him with Tage out. And he's going to need to do more. Their power play is going to be better than it than it has been, and Darlene's going to be a big part of that. He's going to have to be. So, also in category leagues, Darlene is a beefer. He's hitting at you know a higher rate than he was previously, so that's nice. He's giving you some value there. But his role as a number one D man is absolutely secure. His deployment's not going to change, and you know he's like I said, he's the number one D man on a team that is underperforming massively. And that is the definition of a buy low to me. I definitely try and grab him, kick tires on Rasmus Dahlin, see if you can get him on your squad. All right. And lastly, I want to talk about Mika Zibanejad. Zibby, what, oh, what the hell's going on with this man? Um, this guy has some some shockingly bad metrics here. Uh, so in the last five games, Zabanajad one assist only. He's uh, averaging over 20 minutes time on ice, which is great. But listen to these garbage numbers in the last five games. Shots to go for 60, 280th in the league. Huh? Corsi 4 for 60 individual. It's 157th. And then 296th in individual scoring chances, 4 for 60. Those are truly awful awful numbers for Zibanejad. Um His season-long numbers are a little better, but yeah, he, he's been in a funk. There's no question there. Um, we can't look past the fact that um, Zibanejad and others, they're obviously playing for a new coach there uh, in New York with Peter Laviolette, and the systems are probably different than the ones he had success with, success with previously. That could be affecting him more than we know, right? Um, something about Zibanejad, he's never been a volume shooter at even strength, and his numbers there are kind of similar to what they've been historically, right? Save for the fact that he's only shooting 4.5%, which is garbage. Um, the power play is where Zabanajad really shines and where his biggest drop-off has come. He's firing away, uh, so the, the numbers look good. He's firing away with, 20, with over 20 shots on goal per 60 on the power play and an insane 47.95 individual Corsi 4 per 60. That's, those numbers are actually nuts. Like he's just putting everything to the net. He's a chucker. He's chucking pucks at the net and seeing what happens. Um, he's, he's just had some bad luck, especially on the power play. So his shooting percentage there is only 6.25% when the last two seasons, it was over 20%. So one of these things is not like the other, right? That percentage is going to go up. He's going to start clicking on the power play. It's not going to stay this way. It can't, it won't book it. Um, Zib is healthy, uh, and a slow start is to be expected with a coaching change, but his deployment and role are secure. You know, what about a, what, listen to this. What about a player like Brock Besser for Zib? Would, would someone do Brock Besser for Zibanejad? And does that seem reasonable, right? Like, I think Besser has that level of value where you could snake players like Zibanejad away from their owners, right? This is a second round, third round guy, right? Besser was got like 150 or something like that. Right. Um, and like I said, to me, Besser is going to be, you know, 80 points ceiling. I cannot see him going any higher than that. But Zibanejad, as we've seen, he's got 90 points before. This could be a 100 point player. I mean, this might not be the season where it happens, but I trust Zibanejad's offensive output more than I do Besser's. So could, would someone do that? Right. Um, 
Zibanejad has also been a really streaky player historically, right? And goals come in bunches. This guy actually uh, won me, uh, he won me a league uh, that, that year where he was playing with Buchnevich on a line and he had a stretch of a week where he had just some stupid amount of goals. Like he had four goals in one game, then he had two in the next and three in the next. Like he was just popping off. I have a soft spot for Zibanejad. So I really do feel like he's going to bounce back here. So see what you can do. Can you pry Zibanejad away from his owners? Okay. But that's it. Those are our buy lows and our sell highs. Dear God, thank you so much. Um, remember what I said. I will be doing a, a recap of this in two weeks' time. So we have a bit more data to go on with these players. And next week, I think, I think... I'm going to be looking at doing a goalie episode, something we don't really do here at Apples and Genos because they're just bad people. All right. You know what I mean? Goalies. Shout out to goalies. I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, yeah, I'm going to do a bit of a deep dive into some goalies and some team metrics, and we'll see if we can find any value there. But yeah, that's it for the show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry I didn't get it out on the Wednesday. Um, you can expect the next Cream of the Crop episode on the Wednesday. Book it. I'm feeling a little better. So anyways, uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.